City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. You are listening to the Hornets and Heartbreak Podcast on the All Hornets Podcast Network. One podcast feed with multiple shows, making sure we cover the Charlotte Hornets from every angle. If you like what we hear, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. The All Hornets Podcast is affiliated with the Fans First Sports Podcast Group. On today's episode, we go through the worst drafts of the last 15 years, or I should say, like, the worst drafts that a team had of the last 15 years, and we compare them to the 2021 draft of Kai Jones and James Booknight. So, not a lot of Hornets discussion in this podcast, just a little NBA history, and uh, kind of remind ourselves where we stand in terms of just how bad was that draft. Uh, we had this idea for some for some evergreen content to release during the All-Star break, and uh, Hornets basketball comes back today, but hope you guys enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Hornets and Heartbreak Podcast. My name is Mark Bernanke, and I'm here with my co-host, Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What it do, Liquor Mark? I'm doing pretty well, man. The Hornets are on the longest three-game winning streak in NBA history. Uh, I don't know if that's actually true, but it's a long one. It's been, it's been a long one because it's been a week. And uh, we decided a while ago that we were going to record a podcast about just how bad is the 2021 NBA draft by the Hornets. Uh, we started like brainstorming this this podcast idea, and we decided it would be a good idea to drop in the All-Star break when nothing's happening. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go through each draft of the last 15 years and say who had the worst draft, and then we're going to compare it to the Kai Jones-James Booknight draft. Uh, if you aren't aware, both those players not with the team anymore. We still got JT Thor, but uh, who knows for how much longer. Tim. Yeah, no, if you are a big fan of hanging out with the boys and uh, just listening to guys talk about dudes, this is the pod for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're gonna go through we're gonna go through each draft uh we have some rough ideas of like i mean there's some obvious ones <clears throat> anthony bennett uh but we're gonna compare it we're gonna see just how bad was that draft by the hornets how often are players out of the league this quickly that were drafted in the lottery drafted in the first round um and we're gonna get to the bottom of it things are looking good for the hornets right now we're gonna talk about that at the end uh but this draft you know, is going to haunt us for years and years and years. Just what could have been if we had nailed the 11th and 19th pick. So let's get into it. 2009, Tim, this is the year uh, that Steph Curry was drafted seventh. And uh, first was Blake Griffin. Second, Hashim to beat third, James Harden, fourth, Tyreek Evans and fifth and sixth, both by Minnesota, two guards in a row, Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn. I think they take the cake for the worst draft in the 2009 draft. Ah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty brutal to think that you can draft Hashim and kind of just be a footnote. <laughs> um, honestly, the most brutal part of it, I mean, the most brutal part is obviously missing out on Steph Curry, but also they took Ty Lawson at 18 and then traded him away to the Nuggets for Flotsam. And Ty Lawson is like a really good point guard for five or six years before he lost the battle to the bottle. Um, but yeah, no, that is one of those things. If it ever happened to the Hornets, I don't think I would ever sleep again. Yeah. Johnny Flynn, three years in the league, just horrible. Uh, not, not a success at all. Like one of the worst six, six picks ever. 
Ricky Rubio, pretty good career, um, but was not exactly like all the hype around him. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, decent career, riddled by injuries, but not 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 a flop. I would say at five, not what you want at five, but not a flop either. No, yeah, but there was there was a lot of hype at that point. Um, like after those like the 08 Olympics, there was like some Ricky Rubio like, and I think it had to do with the hair and the complexion. We're like, man, he might be kind of like you know Pete Maravich that could shoot as well. Like, man, he might be the best passer since Magic Johnson. And it's like, no, he was just a really good 17-year-old. Mm-hmm. He got overhyped. It's not his fault, but one of the great beards of all time. All right, so this one is worse than the Kai Jones, James Booknight one, right? Yeah, I would say this is worse than the 2021 draft because we missed out on Alfred Sangoon and Jalen Johnson. Good players, but they missed out on Steph Curry. And Johnny Flynn was out of the league. Granted, did have a hip injury. But either way, was never going to be Steph Curry. That's absolutely brutal. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. All right. So 2009, that's one worse than the Hornets. Uh, 2010. All right. 2010 draft. This was the John Wall draft. It went John Wall, Evan Turner, Derek Favors, Wesley Johnson, DeMarcus Cousins. This one, there's not an obvious candidate for for worst uh, draft, but I'm going to have to go with Minnesota again, taking Wesley Johnson at number four. Uh, ahead of DeMarcus Cousins and, and Greg Monroe uh, because they already had Kevin Love. Uh, Wesley Johnson ended up playing like 600 games in the NBA, averaged seven points per game, though. Um, some other honorable mentions for this one, I got Xavier Henry coming in at 12 for Memphis, only played five years in the league. And Ekpi Udo, I don't know how to say his name, for Golden State. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Okay. Um, yeah, one of the most forgettable players of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's probably worse. That he's definitely worse than Wesley Johnson. But the fact that they had the fourth pick instead of the sixth pick, Ekby went went sixth. Uh, I mean, they had the chance. Demarcus Cousins just kind of on a platter. Not like Demarcus Cousins was like the greatest player of all time, but he was an all star and he was a pretty fantastic center for five years. Um, and yeah, passing on that, I think that that takes the cake. Worse, worse or better than uh, than the Hornets draft of twenty twenty one. Um, I would still say I would say better, and that's a, a close line. The fourth pick is tough to miss. Um, Demarcus Cousins, I will say, since we're you know dudes talking about guys, Demarcus Cousins really got railed just by bad timing. Mm-hmm. Um. Missed out on the Supermax, kind of got traded because the Supermax got established, then went to New Orleans, played his best ball of all time, tore his Achilles, and then did turn down two years, $40 million for a minimum with the Warriors, where he ended up losing the championship. DeMarcus Cousins, I'm not one of those guys who's like, oh, DeMarcus Cousins was the best center for five years. But he was like a Derek Coleman-esque, like very fascinating player that it's easy to rip apart because he didn't get to the free throw line bad at finishing the rim demarcus cousins was awesome yes for like six years and yeah. early for at least for me fantasy basketball like started right around this time and like man drafting demarcus cousins he won me my first ever championship not that anyone cares but um yeah man i have a soft spot for demarcus i don't care that he wasn't a winner he was a winner to me yeah, and Minnesota missed out on him, and I mean their their franchise would just be would have been a lot better off at that moment. But yeah, I agree that 
the Hornets missing out on two first round picks, I think is worse than missing out on the fourth pick. Like I said, Wesley Johnson, still still an NBA player. Um, just wasn't a star. Okay. 2011, moving on. This one was the Kyrie Irving draft. And uh it went Kyrie Irving, Derek Williams, Enos Cantor, Tristan Thompson, Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, and it's six, Jan Vesely for the Washington Wizards, who played three years in the NBA, uh, averaged 3.6 points per game, 3.5 rebounds, and 0.6 assists in his time in Washington. And Tim, the Wizards also picked Chris Singleton, 18th, who also only played three years in the league. I have to be honest. I remember Jan Vesely for he had like a very public kind of like make out after he got picked with just like a stunning girlfriend. And then he was dubbed as like, oh, he's the European Blake Griffin. He's a dunking guy like he can do this. And I literally don't think I've ever seen a highlight of Jan Vesely or Chris Singleton. And they're in our division. I cannot remember one single play. Like, even, like, certain guys, like, you can be like, oh, man, you had a nice cut that one time. Oh, a good second quarter run. That is brutal. And that draft is stacked. Should we, The players in between them are Bismack Biombo, Brandon Knight. Brandon Knight had a really good year. Kemba Walker. and eh, Jimmer, that's fair. Clay Thompson, Alec Burks, the Morris Twins, Kawhi Leonard, Vucevic, Iman Shumpert, who was, you know, Played on championship championship team and was really good for the Knicks. Dude, they picked the two worst players. <laughs> and that's of, like pretty hard. Yeah, they picked the worst two players out of the in, entire top 20. Like Tobias Harris after Chris Singleton, Denantis Montiunis. Um, never, never seen a Nolan Smith highlight in my life. He might be worse than them, but he's 21. So yeah, they picked the two worst players in the top 20. <laughs> That's pretty yeah, hard. Right after, right after that, Kenneth Fareed played on <laughs> USA Basketball. Nikola Miritich was a solid NBA player. Reggie Jackson. That is so tough. Yeah. Yeah, they missed. They whiffed, like, just incredibly hard on both those two picks. But it's cool. I, I, I do imagine there is a Wizards podcast somewhere doing the same segment, being like, man, can you imagine how stupid, how bad it would be to be a Hornets fan? But I do kind of look at the Wizards as like, yeah, we're kind of like brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, those those two picks, um, they're higher picks than 11 and 19, and they're equally bad picks. I'm going to have to say that it's worse. Got to be worse. Yeah. You know, Leon Vesely, <laughs> the, the, same, the same as James Booknight, but he was drafted sixth. <laughs> I mean, I guess James Booknight only played two and a half years in the league, but. We'll see. Uh, you, you're not buying his comeback stock. <laughs> All right. Uh, now we're on to 2013. Uh, we This is the – sorry, 2012. Anthony Davis, MKG, Bradley Beal, Deion Waiters, Thomas Robinson, Damian Lillard. Um, okay. For, for this one, the obvious pick is unfortunately also the Hornets. Um, taking MKG sandwiched in between Anthony Davis and Bradley Beal is just like incredibly tough. This is the year after we had the worst season ever and we didn't get the first pick and to make matters worse, MKG was never very good at basketball. 
Um, and to top top it all off, we picked Jeff Taylor thirty first, and he was out of the league in three years. Yeah, this is one of those things you kind of stay awake at night thinking about. Where like, well, we were never realistically going to draft Damian Lillard. Which like it probably would have been Thomas Robinson. I've never said this out loud before, but would it really be that different if we drafted Thomas Robinson? No, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. Yeah, nothing. Nothing would have changed. You know how fucked up it is that you can look at this draft and be like, "Hmm, Dion Waiters, the second pick, that wouldn't have been that bad." Yeah, yeah. MKG played eight years in the league, played ten thousand minutes. Um, you know. Played good perimeter defense. Um, <laughs> but, you know, M- MK, I will give him credit. He was the first guy that, like, you know, like, I heard about, like, effective field goal percentage, PER, win shares, like, this and that. But, like, NBA.com really opened up the stat, like, database around, like, 2013, 2014. I was like, man, you know, I, I know that MKG must be good on defense. Regardless, obviously his rookie year, Lamelo, or uh, Lamelo, LeBron and Carmelo, Le- uh, combined them there for a second. They both dropped sixty on him, but I was like, man, you know he's got to be pretty good. And then you like dig into the advanced stat, like ISO stats, and you're like, why? The- why are people shooting fifty six percent against Michael Kidd Gilchrist? It's like, what else does he do? Yeah, brutal. Yeah. Okay. So is this worse? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say this is worse because there was also a trade where we could have allegedly at the time, um, had like Pau Gasol on an expiring. And honestly, I remember thinking like, Oh, what a bad idea. But it's like one year of Pau Gasol would have been better than six years of Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Here's what I'll say is that I think emotionally it's worse, but I think objectively it's, it's not as bad. Um, because 11 and 19, those are supposed to be players on your team at the very least. Like, they're not supposed to be superstars, but they're both just not playing basketball, Kai Jones and James Booknight. MKG at least played basketball. And he, there, it wasn't like uh, like other teams wouldn't have taken him, right? Um, like, that's the thing that I've held on to for years and years. And, like, Dion Waiters went forth. Would he have been better? Yes, but not by a lot. Not by a lot, right? Thomas Robinson, not not better by a lot. But people who are we are skipping in a somewhat important name who's not in vogue right now. But Bradley who went there? Bradley Beal, yeah. Who Bradley Beal kind of like also ideally fit on the team. Yeah. Like we knew Kemba was good at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, like, are you are you seeing my point at all or not really? No, I I am seeing your point. I just think that missing on 11 and 19, like, would you trade the, like, so last year's draft, would you trade the 11th or the second pick for the 11th and 19? No, no. No. So it holds more value. That set us back quite a while. Because then we were like, oh, okay, like, you know, shooting wasn't as important that time. It's like, that pretty much set us back like two, three years. I'm changing my opinion on the podcast. I agree with you. And um, also, you know, the one time that Jordan could have just taken a guy out of UNC, if we took Harrison Barnes second overall, 
I mean, we're still at the same spot, but just with a little less pain. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, Harrison Barnes still in the league. Uh, same cannot be said about, about my kid Gilchrist. Yeah, I'm changing my mind. I agree with you. It is it is worse. I mean, we would have had to take Bradley Beal for it to be for it to be any like legitimately better. Right. But it is worse yeah, it's that hard on the second pick um, than the 11th and 19th. Yeah, because there is zero chance. We were like, oh, we're going to take the guy out of Weber State. We're going to take Damian Lillard. Like, no chance. Beal yeah. was the only other option, but yeah, it was pretty painful. And Jeff Taylor, also notable piece of shit, and towards Achilles. All right, so let's clarify here. Let's just draft the pain. All right, so we got three worse than the 21, 21 picks uh, and one that was uh, better, the 2010 draft where they just picked um, Wesley Johnson. But, yeah, it's just how painful was it? So coming up next, we got 2013 NBA draft. Anthony Bennett, number one overall. Sergey Karasev, 19th overall. Uh, both players did not last four years in the league. Anthony Bennett, objectively, probably the worst number one pick like ever. Um, didn't even make it to 2,000 minutes in the league. Okay. I do agree. It's rough. LaRue Martin for the 1973 Blazers might have been worse, but this is my argument against it being so painful. Can you read off the next picks in that draft? Yeah. Oladipo, Otto Porter Jr., Cody Zeller, Alex Lynn, Norland Noel, Ben McElmore, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Trey Burke, CJ McCollum, Michael Carter Williams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like this one of those drafts where like, you know, Giannis went uh Giannis went 15th, Gobert went 27th, McCollum 10th. Like I mean, like in a in a vacuum, like four number one picks, that does definitely just completely deflate the stats. But I don't think it's as painful because even at the time of that draft, like so if they took Victor Oladipo number one, would that really have changed things? Mm, yes i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with yes i think oladipo was just like a way better player um he had his had his sparks in uh in indiana he was decent he had his he had his spark in indiana he had like the one good year he had two you know like uh kind of forgettable years in orlando he had the one great year in indy um in between there there was okc which it was put in another crazy trade for Serge Ibaka. Um, but I don't know. It's like, it's not, it's not the worst, but like, it's not as though they missed out on Dwayne Wade in the second pick. Like, you know, either way they were getting one year of all-star production. Okay. Um, can you imagine that the Pistons draft Cade Cunningham and he's as bad as Anthony Bennett? I mean, like, I think it's I think it's more painful than than the uh, the draft that we had. You can't draft a number player number one overall and have them be as bad as Anthony Bennett was. Okay, counterpoint. We didn't know this at the time, but let's say they did draft. Let's say they even drafted Giannis at number one. They were still going to Minnesota. We didn't know that at the time, but. It was going to be shipped out, but either way, like of the reasonable picks in that draft, like because 
they were not going to take they weren't going to take Giannis at number one. So it would either be Oladipo, Cody Zeller, Alex Lynn, Otto, Otto Porter. Porter. Yeah. Or Nerlens. Nerlens was really the number one guy. He tore his ACL on that fluke dunk attempt. I don't know. Like, I mean, it, it is painful, but I don't know. It's like, okay, so they were coal mining and they found a penny instead of, you know, a nickel. I, I just don't think there was that much upside in that draft at the top. So your final answer is it's better. Yeah, because, okay, like if, if Cleveland Nail, like, yeah, I mean, we're cooked either way. There Before is. It, if, yeah. I would just say, okay, so, like, we took Book Night at 11, and, you know, instead of Sangoon, like, who had more of an impact? Like, we took the 11th pick at Sangoon there. Would he have had more of an impact? Yeah, I got you. I got you. I mean, I guess the thing that you're forgetting about is that Sergei Karasev also went 19th, and he was also horrible. Hey, maybe the NBA just wasn't ready for Sergei. That's where I'm at. (laughs) <laughs> but um, no, you're right i think that that's one of those that's a toss-up i would put it like that but close enough that it considers conversation yeah i mean i guess cleveland fans got some happiness a couple years later so based off of the pain scale you're right it's three to two it's three to two three drafts that I, were worse, two that were better can i ask you what do you remember your thoughts on anthony bennett at the time I mean, I was just shocked. I was going to say, like, he moved up in the draft, and I was just like, what the hell? Like, he was supposed to go, like, fifth. Yeah. I got to say, I was fucking, I was in on Anthony Bennett. <laughs> I made a my career player for the first time. And I was like, it, this should have been a telltale sign. Because I was like, it was like five days before the draft. And I was like, ooh, shit, man, it'd be fun to be Anthony Bennett. And I played three games, and I was like, man, I'm shooting 34%. This kind of sucks. It's kind of hard to be an undersized guy like this. He got Larry Johnson comps, but yeah, that was uh that was tough. All right, twenty fourteen. Um, this is the Andrew Wiggins, Jabari Parker, Joel Embiid, Aaron Gordon, Dante Exum draft, and uh, the Hornets. I think take the cake here again. Drafted Noah Vonley ninth overall. And then we also got P.J. Hairston, 26th overall. Um, P.J. Hairston out of the league in two years. Noah Vonley traded after his rookie season. Not often you see a lottery pick traded after their first year. And then played on, like, many different teams. Um, there are some honorable mentions here, but I, I have to throw this stat at you, Tim. How many games more has Joel Embiid played than, than uh, Noah Vonley? <laughs> um, I'm going to say 110. Joel Embiid has played 428. No, oh. he's played 362. Isn't that insane? Oh, that is insane. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, Vonley, only only like 80 games less than Joel Embiid. Um, but okay, complete complete bust. Um, has never had any sort of sustainable noise in the NBA. Uh, what was the closest he got to making noise? Dude, I gotta be honest, he had like nine fouls in his first summer league game. 
I remember exactly where I was. I was pumped. I was at a girlfriend's lake house at the time in high school. And I remember telling her dad as he was a big Hornets fan. And I was like, oh, man, you know, yeah, but he had seven fouls, but his ball handling. And he was like, don't talk to me about this. I <laughs> remember. But yeah, that draft does hold a special place in my heart. I was so excited. I was traveling and I avoided the results for the longest time. Like one of the last times to have social media and I was, oh man, so excited. And then I remember seeing the draft and being so excited because Hairston kind of did like a weird thing where he left UNC and then like played in the D league at the time and was lighting it up. And it was like, man, we got this. I remember going on bleacher report, any site, CBS, anything. And it was like Hornets winner of the draft. And I just remember telling my dad, I was like, have we fucking got it. This is it. Like, our future is set now, man. We got Cody Zeller. We're cooking. And my dad just looked at me, and he was like, I love you. Look up J.R. Reed's summer league stats. It doesn't matter. It's not going to work out for you. And I thought that he was just old and bitter. And then I realized that he was just aged and wise. Tim, I got I got something to say, too, uh, on the Noah Vonley front. Like, when, you, when a... All the draft grades are A plus. It's a red flag. Because if you remember the book night Kai Jones draft, we got A plus grades. That was some one of the most exciting drafts in like Hornets history. Like I was like, oh my God, we've arrived. We got two new players, like just won 43 games, blah, 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 blah. So excited. And just as fate would have it, got right brought right back down to earth. Um, okay, Nick Stauskis drafted eighth, as has an honorable mention. Uh, just as bad as Noah Vonley, but I think the Hornets doing it with two players kind of kind of tops it off. Where uh, PJ Harrison was in the league for literally like a year and a half. Yeah, and you know I do have to say it's my dirty little thing. Um, I still think that Noah Vonley could have a spot in the league. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's he's got a lot of experience, almost as much experience as Joel Embiid. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Yeah. When I saw like the beginning of last year, they're like, oh man, the, the Celtics signed him. I was like, man, he really might find his way. This could be a Jay Tucker situation. Oh no, I still believe in Noah Vonley. And I know it goes against all things. And also, Noah Vonley has caused me many pains. Um, our boy Jason that does the outro music to our podcast, I was with him at the time that we traded Noah Vonley for Nicholas Batum. And I left our hangout session. We had like a big night plans, and I was like, no, 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 I can't handle this. I have to go and like decompress. And I thought it was such a bad trade. And I was like, okay, maybe it, maybe it was okay. <laughs> but I, I do have to say, um, yeah, I guess uh, honorable mentions in that draft, it's kind of hard to like trades, but Chicago did trade. Um, essentially Doug McDermott for the picks that became Gary Harris and Yosef Nurkic. It's kind of evened out over time, but like if we did this five years ago, we'd be laughing at Chicago. Yeah. But either way, the Hornets do take the cake. I hate to say it. All right. So that's what two, two Hornets in the worst drafts. Oh, is that one as bad as, uh, as this one? I don't think it is. Woo. 
All right. So we are in the 2014 draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is Noah Vonley and PJ Hairston as bad as Kai Jones and James Booknight? I don't think it is, man. Kai Jones and James Booknight are like might literally never play basketball again in the NBA. Yeah, I would say because we traded a first round pick, which probably won't be conveyed um, for that. And the season we were coming off of. Yeah, I would say that is that is not as bad because Vonley fell to us. Yeah. It was almost Leak Monk situation where it's like, oh, you have to take this uber talented guy. Yeah, no, I would say that the book night draft is definitely worse. Cool. Cool. All right. Um, 2015. This one is the cat draft. Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, Julia Okafor, Chris Stops, Mario Hazonia uh, were the top five. I don't think there's a like obvious, obvious candidate other than Mario Hazonia number five. Um, I'm gonna have to say that that's probably the worst draft out of any team in this one. Yes, yeah. Looking at it, it's like there's certain things like yeah, Willie Cauley Stein, but it's like in theory it made sense. Yeah, but I mean, and Mario is worse. Well, I would say draft wise, I would say if you believe in the propaganda about the process, like, they should have just taken Porzingis over mm. Okafor, but at the time, Okafor was looked at as, like, a killer prospect. Yeah, should we should we actually move this to Okafor? That's a good point. I didn't really consider, consider that. I was just looking at, like, who was the biggest bust, and I thought it was Hazonia, but it could be Okafor. Yeah, because, like, you know, if they're thinking, like, oh, you know, Embiid is still kind of hurt. We just want to take the highest end prospect. Maybe that. If you want to factor in the fact that they allegedly, and again, everything in hindsight is so much easier, but they said that they would trade, you know, the future pick that turned out to be, you know, Jalen Brown for uh, the Kaminsky pick. Maybe, but that's just too many hypotheticals because we still would have messed that up. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I, I think, think, have to go I with, think it's Okafor. It's Okafor, yeah, it is Okafor. And like five, no, more than five, six years ago, that seemed like a way dumber pick than it does now. Like, Kristaps is good, but he's not what we thought he was going to be. Um, and it's still a really dumb pick, though. Like, just objectively, Julio Okafor, not nearly as good as Kristaps Porzingis. So that one's that one's the worst one. I agree. Is it as bad as the uh, Kai Jones book night draft? Uh, the stakes are a little higher because they did actually hit that pick. Then he would have gotten hurt two years later. But if it yes. weren't for Albert and Shangun, we would be in the finals. I'm going to against that. I mean, you know, whatever, whatever takes the hate away from us taking Frank, Frank Kaminsky over – Miles Turner or Devin Booker. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, realistically, we weren't really gonna take Devin. No, it was it was Winslow. Winslow was the guy because, like, you know, Stanley Johnson was a little bit of a surprise. Willie Cauley Stein at the time. Now it's easy to laugh at, but they did talk about him as like he might be the best defender coming out of college since Tim Duncan. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, yeah, I remember the Willie Cauley Stein hype. 
I remember watching that Kentucky team and being like, really? Carl Anthony Towns is better than Willie Collie Stein? (laughs) 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 All right. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to say it's not as bad. This podcast is brought to you by AllHornets.com, a credentialed Charlotte Hornets outlet powered by Sports Illustrated. AllHornets.com's aim is to bring you 360-degree coverage on all things Charlotte Hornets. From breaking news, rumors, fan Q&As, and in-depth analysis, AllHornets.com covers it all, and nobody does it better. Leave a five-star review. 2016 NBA draft. Oh, this one's an obvious one. All right, I went Ben Simmons, Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brown, Dragon Bender, sneak preview, uh, and Chris Dunn. And uh, the worst draft goes to dragon bender for phoenix um and they traded papa Giannis for uh marquise chris uh they traded papa Giannis and who else scala bc uh, yeah who all sucked by the way all all players in, involved in this sucked <laughs> uh, for, for marquise chris so they ended up getting dragon bender who was in the league for four years one of the worst fourth picks of all time and marquise chris who was in the league for six years um fourth and eighth overall picks in total uh like a complete disaster i think this one might be the worst i think it's the worst out of any of them i, I, I do think this actually takes the take basically <laughs> especially because they pretty much got vladi Divac's fire the offseason prior they did that crazy salary dump of stauskis with an attached protected first uh, top five pick so that they could sign I think it was Rajon Rondo um, Rajon Rondo uh, Omar Caspery and some other player but yeah I mean that that is that is nightmare fuel I mean those guys were out of the NBA so fast like I mean then you look at the rest of the top 10 and you're like damn Yaka Pertle man pretty good pick but brutal, brutal. Set the Suns back for like two years. And in between them is Chris Dunn, not very good. Buddy Heald and Jamal Murray. Uh, yeah, pretty fun. You see Chris Dunn is the fifth overall pick, and you're like, well, you could have done worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it is funny, though, because they actually won the Marquise-Chris trade. Because <laughs> they traded <laughs> two somehow worse players. <laughs> Papi Giannis at Scalabissier. Uh for for Marquise Chris and they somehow won that trade, but <laughs> but Marquise Chris was still terrible. Yeah, no, you you nailed it. Yeah, that is super depressing. That's one of those key. I would say that is definitely also worse than the twenty twenty. Yeah, I think it's the worst one that we've done yet. Um, I don't know what what second place would be. Probably Rubio. Um, yeah, Flynn. Yeah. And, and that one's worse because of like who came behind them, but that one's just so horrible to get two top ten picks and have them both be so bad. Do like not even get their options picked up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just horrible. All right, we're on to uh, 2017. Number one, Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball, Jason Tatum, Josh Jackson, De'Aaron Fox. Um, this one's a little hard. I almost think this is one of those that you can take in an extra year and just be like, as a Suns fan, if we had three top 10 picks and we ended up with 
Dragon Bender, Marquise Chris, and Josh Jackson, I would throw myself out of the window. Okay, we're giving it to Josh Jackson. That's a very compelling, ar- compelling argument. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, it's like the Suns just get it for 16 and 17. Like, it's combined. <laughs> yeah, because, like, then you look at other things. Like, the other argument I have is um, Sacramento traded the 10th pick that turned out to be Zach Collins to Portland for Justin Jackson and Harry Giles. But it's like... Can it be kind of see? You can see like some logic there, where it's like okay, like you know, you get two bites of the apple instead of one. Harry Giles is like kind of a project pick, but he was the number one prospect coming in. He had bad knees. Like, okay, do that. Josh Jackson, solid wing. Like, you can at least, you know, go back and with hindsight, be like, I see what they're doing. You can reconstruct it, but. God, no, yeah, I mean, the Suns really just, I can't believe they made the finals a couple years after. I mean, that should give hope to any bad team. Yeah, I mean, they passed on De'Aaron Fox, Jonathan Isaac, who's been not playing, but Larry Markinen, uh, man, it gets dark. But, I mean, they they had some players. Obviously, Fox is the most notable one. The, going back to that trade, Zach Collins for Justin Jackson and Harry Giles, like, I mean, Zach Collins isn't exactly a world beater. Like he's not, he's not the best player ever. He is better than both those two players, but not by like the widest margin injuries and shit. So um, I don't think that one's as bad. We're giving it to Phoenix again. Not as bad as the 2021 draft, but maybe worse if you factor in the fact that they had two years of horrible drafts back to back. Yeah. Just, just the fact that, yeah, it's like, you know, our, our two picks were earlier and somehow still worse. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. 2018 here we go it starts getting harder to do these the closer you get to the present because you just don't know yet but this one's pretty obvious marvin bagley the third over luka Doncic. uh marvin bagley the third it's sec second over luka at three you could also give it to the atlanta trade but i'm not going to do that because trey young is not horrible um i'm going to say that it's it's sacramento picking marvin bagley yeah, I would agree with that, where they're like, oh, we don't need another ball handler. We already have Fox. Don't want to do that. And then they take Halliburton, which just does make a ton of sense. There are some trades in here that I was I was trying to, like, go back and do the math. Um, so, obviously, in this draft, which is a little painful, we don't know if we would have taken him, but we did essentially trade Miles Bridges for SGA. Uh, we got a second-round pick, which back okay like makes it somewhat okay but i really look at the mikhail bridges at 10 where they swapped him out for zaire smith who did have a peanut allergy and got mono you know out of his control but i kind of think if philly just kept mikhail bridges they might have won a fucking championship that is such a good point yeah that's that's a good one i've never even i've never even thought about that one that trade very much um, and this is where Phoenix's luck finally turned around. So next year, oh no, that's that's what happened with us, Brandon Miller. That's where our luck turned around. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Phoenix made it made a good trade. Um, yeah, the Miles Bridges one, that one like is super weird because like I think two years ago it wasn't super obvious who who the better player was going to be, uh, but now it's obviously super clear. SGA number two in MVP voting. Um, horrible trade, horrible, horrible trade in hindsight. But not one that you could like really fault for like five years. 
Yeah, I think our first year of doing podcasts, we got like requests for like a trade show. We were like, oh, like, you know, maybe Miles Bridges and, and you know, two second or two first round picks like for SGA. It's like it didn't seem that crazy at the time. But yeah, I do remember watching that drive li- or that draft live. And uh, I believe it was Sam Vecini or not Sam Vecini. Um, he, he's working with the Blazers now. I'm forgetting his name, but uh, he was ESPN's draft analyst prior to that. He had like a comp of MCW for SGA and I was like okay Michael Carter Williams like that's fine to make that pick but yeah in retrospect those late lottery picks turned out to be real heartbreakers for many teams involved yeah, I would Marvin say Bagley. not still as Marvin bad Bagley, as 2021 but what about Marvin Bagley oh Marvin Bagley no that completely altered Sacramento's trajectory that, that is worse <laughs> okay. okay good yeah they should have taken Luca. it was just so obvious they should take Luca. Um, and look, I mean, Dallas moved up afterwards to, to take Luca, um, and Sacramento just completely, completely missed, missed it. Um, and I think, I think it's worse as well. This, this wasn't even, this is like a Steph Curry situation. This isn't like a, like DeMarcus Cousins situation where like, oh, you could take this player. You could take this player. It was obvious that Luca should go number two. It was obvious Lucas should win number one. Phoenix hired the coach. Yeah. No, 100%. 100%. Um, so that, that one's worse. Uh, 2019 draft. This is Zion, Ja, RJ Barrett, DeAndre Hunter, and Darius Gardland. Stack top five. Pretty, yes. Yeah, stacks top five. Mm-hmm. What do you got here? I don't, I don't really have much. Yeah, this is one of those that is like not super obvious. It's really tough uh, that Boston just whiffed on the 14th pick, Romeo Langford. But then you look at the people behind him and it's like, okay, Dumbuya, uh, NAW, Goku Patatsa, favorite of the pod. But yeah, I don't think there's, I guess like Jared Culver. Yeah. Uh, for Minnesota. Shout out to our boys from Minnesota for saving us once again. That was a pick that just immediately didn't really sit right, and he was awful his entire career. Yeah, he played two years in Minnesota, one in Memphis, one in Atlanta, and he's not on a team. I didn't even know that. He's not on a team anymore. Okay, it goes, yeah, to, like, it goes to Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, like when I when I think of like when the Brandon Miller came pick came up, people would ask like, what's the worst case scenario? And I'm like, yeah, Jared Culver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, only played two thousand minutes in the league. Yeah, he's the, he's the worst pick. It's Minnesota, um, for sure. Yeah, pr- I mean, pretty solid, like in general, top ten. Jackson is not the, the real like most painful thing is like New Orleans could have just taken Garland at four, but at the time Garland missed most of his freshman year, so like they kind of give him a pass on that. Like you know, in hindsight, like in hindsight, it's clear, but at the moment, I think it was totally reasonable. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Instead, they end up with Jackson Hayes. <laughs> right. 2020 draft the most Our heartbreaking uh, pick goes to uh, Anthony Edwards in Minnesota instead of LaMelo Ball <laughs> <laughs> no it's Especially James Wiseman it's James Wiseman instead of LaMelo that's sick yeah this is our this is our one win this is our fist bump of the podcast yeah <laughs> uh, that is entirely the thing and you know they they had their reasons 
it was tough. I think the 2020 year kind of give people somewhat of a pass. Didn't have the interviews, in-person things. But, yeah, there is a world where the Warriors take LaMelo Ball and they might have an extra championship. Yep. Yep. No, 100%. 100%. His, his career would be completely different. Hard, hard to imagine. I think it would be better um i think he would play incredibly with with the warriors he wouldn't be putting up the same raw stats but he would fit in perfectly a backcourt of curry and lamella is just like insane um and james wiseman's a complete bust he's he's not been good at any point in his career so yeah i'm gonna have to give it to golden state um i mean some other painful things killian hayes at seven just got waved um i guess taking James that passed on Halliburton, I guess. Yeah, like if we were to make the argument that I made with Philly, like there's a chance that if uh, Phoenix takes Halliburton, that's the year they make the finals. They might win the finals. They have Halliburton. Mm. And meanwhile, Jalen Smith. When's the last you heard from him? Um, I the last I heard of him is because he has a very goofy um. NBA profile picture where he has like big goggles on, but yeah, it's like he's an adequate player. But yeah, the Halliburton sitting right there, pretty tough. Yep, yep. Okay. Um, is this as bad as the Hornets draft from 2021? Uh, I'm gonna say yes. It is. It is worse because they they have a very they won the championship either way, but they're in a much better position if they have LaMelo Ball. Yeah. And I also, think we forgot to do it for Jared Culver. is not as bad, right? No, yeah, not not as bad. Just, I mean, that swung a championship. And there's also, like, a thing where LaMelo, instead of being one of those guys, right now, realistically, we're, like, collapsing fans, so we'll talk about it. Like, LaMelo might be on track for, like, a Hall of Fame career if he's in Golden State. Yep. Yeah, no, 100%. All right, 2021 draft. We've already done this one because that's why we started this podcast. Uh, when Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, and Jalen Suggs. Uh, and then at number 11, the Charlotte Hornets picked James Booknight. Uh, let Alperin Shangoon slip all the way down to 16. Uh, and we also picked Kai Jones. The bright side, Tim, is now we have Trey Mann, the player that we should have gotten. That is that is fair. I'm looking at this list right now, and I'm just like, wow. Like, let's even throw off, you know, Franz Wagner, uh, Kaminga, Giddy, out of the realm. I'm looking at the two picks before and after, and I'm like, man, Davion Mitchell, that'd be nice. Zaire Williams, man, so sure, he sucked, but wow, that's a big upgrade. Josh Primo is a criminal. I'm like, well, still would be better. And Chris Duarte, who is 35 years old. I'm like, damn, I'd love to have him. That's not even including, yeah, Kai Jones followed the the three picks before Kai Jones. Alfred Sangoon, Trey Murphy III, Trey Mann, and then following him, the Johnson uh, duo, Jalen Johnson, Keon Johnson, Isaiah Jackson, and Usman Garubu, who, if you want to go back in our archives, gushing over and still kind of believe in, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> you take- I, I'm just looking at minutes played here. There are only three players in the first round from this draft that are under a thousand minutes. Kai Jones, a hundred 
<laughs> Wait, no, that's points. 613 minutes played. James Booknight, 900 minutes played. And Jaden Springer, 472 minutes played. We have two of the three worst players from this first round. And we trade the first round pick for it. And coming off the great season we had, we were like, wow, we just need one player that contributes. There's a real chance that Booknight and Jones never crack a thousand minutes in the league. Yeah. The real lesson from this, and Kai Jones has has two years played. Everybody else has three. <laughs> um, okay, the real lesson from this is that if a draft guide says that you got an A plus after the draft, just like go ahead and stop watching the team for a year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the big the big takeaway. All right, 2022 NBA draft. I think it's probably too soon to say who had the worst draft, but we can try. We can try. I would say that when the conversation started, and I like Jabari Smith Jr. a lot. I think he, I'm a fan. I think he's going to be awesome. But talks of him being number one was crazy. Chet all the way. Got receipts for it. Um, let's just take, well, I mean, Johnny Davis. Yes, you're loving over Johnny Davis. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the worst move out of like outside of Johnny Davis was probably just us trading the 13th pick for nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. I won't say nothing. It did turn into Nick Smith Jr., but okay, I think I would rather have Jalen Duran. I think yeah. I would probably rather have Oche Jabaji. I would definitely take Tari Eason, AJ Griffin. All those guys were like reasonably in that range as well. So yeah. I still think the I don't know, like, you know, not like any of these guys are making big waves. It's too early to call on this draft. But yeah, Johnny Davis, fuck him. Yeah, I think it's Johnny, I think it's Johnny Davis is worse than our than our trade because you just got a complete whiff. Uh, Have you seen Johnny Davis's shooting motion in shoot ups? In yeah. shoot around? This is also our biggest win is is calling how bad he was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, if you're having to take Brandon Roy shots against Big Ten defense in your second year, you suck. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and 2023 draft, too soon to call, but uh, anybody? No, 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 no it's with... not. It's not? It's not. It's, even though it didn't happen, it's every stupid idiot that said Scoot Henderson should go above Brandon Miller. Thank God we never did that. Yeah, but that's the best move. What's the <laughs> what's the worst move? Drafting the Thompsons? Um, the worst move right now is probably Jed Howard. Um yeah. yeah. But even then, I mean, you know, there's a good chance three years from now, Jed Howard's like a solid player. Yeah. So yeah. at the time, I guess if anything, it's probably LA taking uh Jalen Hood over uh Hame Hawkes mm. or mm. Cam Whitmore or Brandon Potts. All right. Well, that's all the drafts. I lost track a long time ago of who, uh, who, like how many of them we had better, how many of them we had worse. Point is, is that it's one of the like 10 worst of the past uh, 15 years. And we have, uh, we have three of the top 15. Yeah. <laughs> MK, the MKG one is up there. MKG one is up there. Um, I think it works. 
Yeah, the future is up from here. As we saw a little trend there, Cleveland had some bad drafts. Phoenix had some bad drafts. What happened to him? They both made the finals. Yeah, let me say the future is not up from here. The future is now. That is our new patented get trades. The future is now. 3-0. and And honestly, we're going to win the next 28 games. Um, yeah. I'm going to pitch something to you. Our, uh, our boy, James Plowright, pitched. Uh, what do you think the Hornets record is going to be? Over the next 28 games. 10 and 18. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Slightly better than where we were at before. I would happily take 10 and 18. Sounds like a blast. Some things to look forward to, Tim. Brandon Miller, uh, first 25 games, averaged 14.6 games, points per game. Uh, second 23 games, he averaged 18.8. If he keeps up on that pace, he's averaging 23 a game for the rest of the season. So, uh, that's something to look forward to. Lamelo might be coming back tomorrow night. Uh, Game time decision. Also, also exciting. Winning games by more than two points, Tim. The Hornets have won three games this entire year by a margin of nine points or more, and all of them for the last three games <laughs> against Memphis, Indiana, and Atlanta. Those are our three biggest wins by point uh, margin of the year. So, uh, yeah, the future is now, man. The future is now. We are coming. We are back. We are forward. We are ready. And we're getting the number one pick. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That's <laughs> one of those things that um, three weeks ago, I was like, man, the draft's looking pretty good. Then we went three in a row, and I'm like, man, fuck it. I don't even care about prospects anymore. <laughs> yeah, we got we got a man in Michich. The, uh, the 5M lineup is coming. Mello. Mill well mellow man miller miles mark that's all we need yeah i say turn the team dude run five all right so i hope you guys enjoyed this uh not super hornets focused content we'll be back with hornets content next week after we sweep this uh west coast trip what do you got for media corner tim ah all right well since we talked about disasters this entire episode um I have to say, I watched the first three episodes of Chernobyl on HBO, and I've, I've seen them before, but I, I didn't see it since, like, 2019. It was so good that, like, harrowing. Like, it's if, if you have anxiety, I would not recommend watching it, but fuck it, do it anyway. Like, I had such a good time that I was, like, eating during the third episode. I almost, like, vomited. Because like the pit in my stomach was so long, because like it was so engaging. First three episodes of Chernobyl, better than any movie that's come out in the last five years. Which got? I, I actually will check that one out. Um, I've oh, have you never seen it? Nah, nah. Oh, dude, please let me know. I'll do it if you download Stardew Valley. Uh, I will literally buy Stardew Valley if you watch the first three episodes of Chernobyl. No question. Okay, okay, that's my media corner. Video game. Uh, I'm not a big gamer these days, but as Tim knows, I have been in the past. A little Fortnite, a little uh, 2K back in the day. Uh, but uh, somebody I know started playing Stardew Valley. And I was like, what is this stupid like farming game? Three days later, I'm incredibly into it. It's very addicting. Very, very fun. Incredibly designed game. There's always something to do. Uh, so check it out if you want to get hooked. I love it. All right. That is Media Quarter for the boys. It's been real, Tim. It's been real, Liquor Mark. Be safe out there. Peace. Go on. Peace.